0: Welcome to the Center for Spiritual Living White Rock, a learning center for practical spirituality. The words you are about to hear will inspire a shift in your perspective to see what is possible by means of you right now and affirm your soul's knowing about taking that next step in your life for your own highest good.
1: <laughs>
0: <Okay>. <laughs> it's like a family living room here today. <laughs> we'll do it much intimacy. I don't know. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, um, I want to start out today by saying that I really feel honored to be among you. You know, I, I am counting my Sundays left. Um, and I have basically two more after this. Oh. Well, you know, we're talking about the art of letting go, so we might as well just say that. Um, It doesn't mean I won't be back. It doesn't mean I won't talk. I won't visit. I do feel that I am family. Uh, You welcome me so warmly. Um, But I wanted to say that I really have to hand it to you because, you know, you're not people who go quietly into... With someone's uh, half-baked idea of the meaning of your life, oh
1: no <laughs> you do not rest until you have found the way forward in peace, even if it changes it You're the kind of people that understand that life is
0: in this physical dimension begins in the mystery and are willing to seek your own counsel and to be your own authority in order to tap into
1: the creative power source within you. I know these are challenging times, but when have they been? You know, but we've been made
0: for this justice. To discover and reveal our light so that others may do the same in a way that celebrates that creative, intelligent power and free will that you just summed about.
1: I'm inspired because you understand the I am means we are. As you walk hand in hand with spiritual principle instead of running a religious relay, I am inspired by you. And it is an honor to be here. You know, our theme this
0: month is go with the flow, and before we move into September where we will embark on the creative process within the individual, uh, to better understand this idea of there is only one mind working through us, I wanted to explore with you the art of letting go from a deeper spiritual perspective. You know, it's one thing to let go of things, another, all dimensional concepts, for to live as the conscious expression and experience of oneness is what we're all seeking. So let's begin with the word art um, in The Art of Letting Go. Of course I googled it and it said that art is the expression or application of human creative skill and imagination. So we're using that word in terms with and the same concept of letting go as we expand uh, our perspective from being limited to what we know in this moment now, uh, to uh, by using our imagination to open up and expand our perception of what is possible by
1: means of us as we continue the path of becoming. Now, as much as we need to be able to understand
0: the power of imagination in the process of letting go. We also need to come to the place of being in joy as we use our imagination. It's not a tool or a task or a must, although it is a key. But how to be in joy imagining? You know, in the years that I've been in, um, uh, sort of say this business, um, um, so many people say I have a hard time visualizing, or I, I, I. I I can't use my imagination, it just isn't there. And, and, and I understand that because we, um, the power is in the mind, but the power is through the mind. It doesn't reside right in it, it resides in using our mind to connect with the infinite intelligence which is in us so that we're moving and expanding into our becoming through our spiritual intelligence instead of our human intellect. So we have to imagine We have to let go of what we believe, or who we believe we are, in order to expand the expression of who we are and therefore the experience of who we are. Um, And I'm sure you'll like that because that's logical, and you can understand that concept, right? It's hard to move and let go when there's no logic, isn't there? There's nothing to grasp onto. That's why we have a teaching. That's why we use faith. That's why we have spiritual tools and principles for our own transformative use. Now, I'm sure you all know Eckhart Tolle's story. Eckhart Tolle is the famous author of The Power of Now and a New Earth, and he may have written other books, but I stopped reading after that. (laughs) <laughs> I had the lovely opportunity to meet Eckhart when he was first starting out in Vancouver. Um, I, I, I forgive me if I shared the story, but I, I did share bread with him. I shared a sandwich because neither of us had enough money to buy two sandwiches, so we pooled our resources and one. <laughs> and um, I was a ministerial student, and in those days I thought being uh, a spiritual man, you know, you should give up everything. So I was affirming the fact that because I didn't have money, I was even more spiritual. I mean, really, some people do believe that. Some people do believe that. I actually believe that um, money is a a great uh, tool, but there's lots of other tools that we use in order to advance ourselves, or to experience life or to exchange and give and receive. That's not what it was in those days. So we're sitting there talking, and I say, and he just had published his book. And he was going to speak at our center. And um, I said, please tell me. I have one question for you. Well, I have many, but I'm going to ask you just one. What is enlightenment? Did I you the story? And he didn't say anything. Because Everett doesn't say very much until he does. And when he speaks, every word. Looked at me. The sandwich, and chewed a sandwich. He looked at me like it wasn't a very big question at all. Him. After sitting for two years on a park bench and actually giving up uh, how he knew himself, you know, he was uh, previously a Cambridge professor, um, and uh, he gave up his environment. Uh, he left behind his physical and material identity because he merged spiritually with mental with his mentality is emotionality and um, the body of the beloved of God. So he was doing a sandwich. He looked at me and he said, "What is enlightenment?" And I said, "Yes, that was my question to you." <laughs> <laughs> so it's always the mark of a good teacher, right? They
1: throw it right back at you. But anyway, he did. He went like this, and I swear. What I was chewing fell out of my mouth. Right
0: and I said, No! I
1: was so
0: boring. <laughs> of course, he was talking about the mystical marriage, the merger of our ego and essence, the oneness within us, the, the universal harmony and wholeness that was. I didn't get it. Why? Because I was a spiritual seeker and a student. And I knew it was outside of me, that answer, darn it. And when I,
1: w- I was not going to give up till I found it. It was sitting right in front of me eating a sandwich. <laughs> Amazing. How often it's right in front of us and we are looking for something other. So in the course I'm facilitating right now called The Art of Letting Go, There
0: were many statements of desire. One of the first questions I asked the participants was, what is it you want to release? So we were looking at initially what do we want to let go of? People, places, or things? Well, that really wasn't it, even though it was masquerading as that. What it really was, was uh, the attachments uh, that we had to getting our needs met through people, places, or things. And then we quickly went underneath that, the layer of attachment to the layer of core belief that created the attachments. So, I promise the people that are in the class that are here today, I wasn't going to repeat what I did on Thursday. Suffice to say, for the rest of you, that um, we have many ways of getting our needs met. We are resourceful, we are survivors, and we will get them met. We don't always get them met in ways that are life-affirming to the truth of who we are, but rather in unhealthy ways to the limitations of who we believe we are. Suffice to say that we must get our needs met, and that is our responsibility, it not the world's or anybody else's. So when that happens, it is a lot easier to let go attachments and create for yourself a space, which we like to call in this teaching, um, where we can walk in the world as a sacred witness. So we can easily be fluid and move in and out of our intense intimate subjectivity with something, but at the same time know there's something greater going on within us that sees and that knows something greater than what we are experiencing or expressing in the
1: moment.
0: Does that make sense? It's almost like one foot on the other side of the fence. That's how we have to do life. It hurts sometimes, believe me, especially if Lose your footing on one side of the fence. Mm-hmm. That was a joke. <laughs> <laughs> depending, on high yeah, depending on
1: how the
0: high the fence is. Yeah. <laughs> our ego is highly distracted by being involved in others' needs and businesses. We need to lay down our propensity to focus on the other in
1: order to define ourselves or our value. Or to keep away from facing and processing our own. I know it feels good to let go, um, not when
0: other people tell us to let go and go on, <laughs> but when we ourselves see the necessity of it. True? Hmm? Letting go doesn't mean forgetting or whitewashing the other person's behavior. It means protecting ourselves from the corrosive effects of staying stuck, for instance, in chronic anger or frustration
1: or bitterness which dissipates our energy and saps our creative imagination. Now, there will be all sorts of uh, experiences on the spiritual path, of course.
0: Uh, Positive periods of development, those that are reassuring and comforting, are an important part of the process, and it's important to realize, however, that even
1: positive experiences will fluctuate. For instance, growing beyond the person we believe ourselves to be can leave us
0: feeling vulnerable. And when we're feeling vulnerable, the common reaction is to protect ourselves by creating boundaries. Now that can be a good thing. It's kind of like drawing a line in the sand because we need to learn how to care for ourselves if we're going to walk in this world with an open heart and an open mind, right? Because we are, in our mind, more susceptible
1: to all the bad forces out there. But as good religious scientists, we know there is nothing that's bad outside of ourselves.
0: There's only a limited idea of goodness that comes from
1: within that reflects in what we attract and see outside of those signs. Now, don't we all love those great spiritual highs? Mm -hmm. Those peaks. Mm -hmm. Wow.
0: And what do you normally say?
1: Why can't we hold on to them just a little longer? Mm -hmm. Oh. Well, those are spiritual experiences. But they're not necessarily spiritual realizations. Spiritual
0: realizations don't fluctuate. It's something that you know within yourself, that you know you know it's truth. It's spiritual truth. It doesn't go away. It doesn't change. Our
1: experiences always change because we're changing. The environment changes. Um,
0: Who we're with when we have these experience changes. But they bring
1: us and can bring us to a spiritual realization or deep insight about ourselves.
0: One of the things we have to let go is our fixation on wanting spiritual experiences and aha moments and those, you know, those wonderful, oh my god, um, you know, vibrating, oh, I'm I'm home,
1: because they come and they go, they come and they go but we keep looking to see what's temporal we don't sit in the seat of spiritual truth from which in our silence
0: and our stillness and our trust and in our, in our faith
1: rises over time perhaps, perhaps not of realization. that will stay with us on our journey. The distinction between spiritual experiences and realization
0: in Buddhism. Buddhism is continually emphasizing um, if we avoid excessive fixation on our experiences, we will be under less stress in our practice. And without that stress, we would be better able to cope with whatever arises. The possibility of suffering from psychic disturbances will be gratefully and greatly reduced. And we will notice a significant shift in the fundamental texture of our experiences moving forward. So what happens is, um, when we're fixed on experiences, people, places, or things, or have these attachments to get our needs met, through uh, experiences outside of ourselves, we are fixated on the self. And when we're fixated on the self, we're separate from the beloved. We're separate from the experience of the beloved. Because the self needs to get, self has an ego self, needs to get and conquer and achieve and attract. The ultimate goal of letting go is the the mystical marriage of the lover of the beloved, is the ego and the essence, is our humanity and our divinity. is being able to hold both at the same time and know that whatever your concept is of that merger and that experience of that oneness, there's even greater than that. So in that knowing, you could even watch yourself and enjoy yourself wherever you are in the continuum. That's why I spoke those words in the, uh, in in
1: the meditation I did. Because it's, it... Mm. I think the pain and the struggle comes from when we are where we are, we feel that we're trying
0: so hard, and we are doing a good job, and we can actually notice and observe and measure our progress. but we feel we still haven't moved ahead. And because we don't see that... The person across from you chewing the sandwich, which is you in the mirror, is where
1: you've wanted to be. We keep missing that one. And I, for one, want to be amused about this journey. I'm done with beating myself up. Yeah, a judgment
0: thought comes up, sure it does. A critical thought comes up, sure it does. And I just go, later or not. You know, but knowing
1: whatever is, is all there is. So important. Um. So I want to share a story with you, and it's a Buddhist story. Um, actually, it's a Zen story from Zen meditation.
0: Now it's not uncommon that uh, Zen students keep in touch with their teachers, um, uh, regular contact with their teachers concerning their spiritual problems. So in this uh, particular story, a Zen student has a penchant for writing to his teacher monthly with an account of his development. His letters began to take mystic- a mystical turn when he wrote, I am experiencing
1: a oneness with but well, when his teacher received this letter, he really glanced at it and threw it away. The
0: next month, the student wrote, I have discovered that the divine is present in everything. Now, we're looking for that. Typically, that's part of the process, right? His teacher used this letter to start a fire. <laughs> A month later, the student had become even more ecstatic and wrote, the mystery of the one and many has revealed itself to my wonder." At which his teacher yawned. (laughs) The following month, another letter arrived which simply said, there is no self, no one is born, and no one dies. At this, his teacher threw his hands up in despair after the fourth letter Um, uh, The student stopped writing to his teacher. That was it. And after a year had passed, the teacher began to feel concerned. So he wrote to a student asking to be kept informed of his spiritual progress. And the student wrote back with the words, who cares? When the teacher read this, he smiled and said, "At last, he's finally got it." <laughs> <laughs> that is a drop. Are you done? No. I'm oh. Done. <laughs> <laughs> <By Jesus. laughs> Eleven thirty-four. Thirty-four. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Happy in another world. Um. You know, Jesus, uh, the light, chose Judas, and. He even knew he would be the one to betray him. So why did Jesus know he'd bring he'd the dark night upon himself? <clears throat> Perhaps because
1: he knew that he must experience and express the fullness of life in order to transcend. Similarly to how we can learn to let go our codependence, our attachments,
0: our people and systems, by taking responsibility to get our own needs met, we can move ahead in the art of creative imagination,
1: expansion and becoming, by taking responsibility for ourselves. You know,
0: the dark night of the soul is not going through ups and downs in our daily lives. I don't know how many times you've said it, oh my god, how are you doing? You know, you want to say, fine. And then inside you're going, oh, I don't even want to show you this part of myself. Uh, Oops, I got an appointment. See you later. Boom. Um, but, you know, we, we think that it's ups and downs uh, in our daily lives with health, financial problems, relationships, heartbreaks. Um, and then coming up to
1: the other side. But the dark night is of the soul, not of the ego. It's an emptying of the self.
0: It's a creating a big enough space for the essence of the spirit to move in lock, stock, and barrel. That is the dark night. And If you want to read more about it, read St. John of the Cross. He not only talks about the dark night, he talks about the soul. He talks about the dark night of the spirit. So
1: ultimately, we need to let go of our concepts of everything. It is huge. It is very
0: huge. But you know what? The good news is we do it one step at a time. One step at a time. And and even in the Buddhist tradition, you know, when you're able to release this uh, trust in and in faith in the third dimension, this material physical world, um, as your uh, defining or identifying process and you're able to live in both worlds at the same time,
1: uh, this is when you return home. Then you can define life. I define it as oneness. I don't need a concept to say, oh, I'm going to die. Or, um, you know,
0: anything like that. I don't need a concept. Oneness to me is back to those qualities that that we're created from. Peace. Peace. Don't need to die to get eternal peace. I can get peace now because I can be it. I can let it rise within me when I accept the responsibility to meet my needs and accept
1: that whoever I am and however I am being and whatever is going on in the world, love to the end. That God is right. God, meaning infinite intelligence in divine right order. Our charge is to be the steward of our mind. There's no greater gift that we have or that we can get. Uh, Clarissa.
0: I know something, as you do. It is that there can be no despair when you remember why you came to earth, who you serve, and who sent you here. The good words we say and the good deeds we do are not ours. They are the words and deeds of the one who brought us here, that creator, that infinite mind. In that spirit, she says, I hope you will write this on your wall." When a great ship is in the harbor and moored, it is safe.
1: There can be no doubt. But that is not what great ships are built. We are blessed with the inherent desire and ability to stay the course, no matter what the course. So once again, um, I'm really honored to be walking with you. And
0: this thing. And so, so. Thank you for listening. If you've received value, we invite you to share this podcast. And check out our website to register for our Let's Connect weekly newsletter, providing thought-provoking blogs along with the details of our upcoming courses and events. Blessings on your journey.